0: You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate. A series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. And today Uh, on Do That Well, we are going to talk about Chinese New Year. Yay. Yay. So this week, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Chinese new year started earlier this week on February first for 2022, and for those of you that listen to do that well, it probably will be no surprise to you to learn that one of my goals in my life right now is to really expand my knowledge in in lots of ways, but more specifically. When it comes to learning about different cultures, different people's backgrounds, and in that's just something that I'm very curious about. I think that it I'm always curious to expand my worldview and expand my understanding of what other people in the world experience. So I thought it'd be really fun to talk about Chinese New Year. Um, you know, look at some of the traditions around it. Go specifically over how it's celebrated, where it's celebrated, and just dedicate this episode to the special event mm-hmm.
1: and there's something nice about a new year like it does it kind of we're so used to talking about our own new year when you see that around the world there's many different forms of new year celebration and it's that pressing the reset it's it's bringing in good tidings and good good um, good fortune and good prosperity and it's all this very positive thing. And so people, it's it's, it's nice, even though we just did ours, it's kind of nice to do it. And now we're doing it with the Chinese New Year, which I think is really cool. Very similar, but totally different
0: culturally. So I'm looking forward to you telling us what you found out. <laughs> well, and as you said, Karen, there are so many different New Years. I mean, I think that Chinese New Year is a very well-known one. Uh, but there are so many other different calendars that people across the world use. So, um, it is a nice, mm-hmm. a nice thing to remember that the, the new year that we know here in North America is not necessarily yeah. the same for everyone. Oh.
1: And, and if you broke your new year's resolution <laughs> in January, you have a second chance now you can redo
0: your new year's resolution. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that's true, it, <laughs> it, and it, and it reinforces this idea that we don't need to only make resolutions during New Year's. That's so, true. With that being said, um, so Chinese New Year, as I mentioned, it was started this year for 2022 on February 1st, which was on Tuesday, and Chinese New Year is often also known as the Lunar New Year because it celebrates the beginning of a new year on a traditional lunisolar and solar Chinese calendar. If you want to know more specifically about what that means, you'll have to do your own research because we only have 30 minutes. That wasn't <laughs> where I was going to spend all my time today. <laughs> but it's really interesting uh, if you do decide to look further into it, how the calendars work based off of the, the lunar cycles. So, Lunar New Year, Chinese New Year, it does originate in China, but it is actually celebrated in lots of other countries um, all around the world uh, and uh, in other East and Southeastern Asian countries as well. Um, typically where it's celebrated are going to be places where there is a larger Chinese population or, you know, people of Chinese heritage and, um, But I I found it really interesting to learn that it actually is celebrated in so many different countries. Um, I didn't realize that in uh, Vietnam was one of them that surprised me. I didn't realize that that was a new year that they celebrated over there because Mm -hmm. in my mind, it seems geographically not very close Mm -hmm. to China, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of um, there was a lot of Chinese immigrants Vietnam so I thought that was interesting yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and I did notice that it, the the whole kind of lunar lunar year celebration um I, th- I think it's in Australia where they changed the name because there were so many different types of cultures that were celebrating the lunar year that they just it wasn't just Chinese
0: so they they changed the name
1: officially wow. to lunar okay. to include to be more inclusive of all the different groups of, of people the that
0: right yeah. And I did also learn that sometimes it's referred to as the spring festival. So yes, I thought that was interesting as well, That you know, yes. it, it of course originated in China, but it, it is now something that is fairly widely celebrated. So there are very specific days that go into uh, how, how this all works. So on the 26th day, of the last lunar month, (laughs) which was January 28th this year, Um, that is when traditionally for Chinese New Year, they'll start making festive cakes and puddings and different um, foods that are specific to celebrating the Chinese New Year. And I'm going to pre-apologize because I know that I'm not going to pronounce these correctly, so I will try my best. Uh, The words for cakes and puddings in Mandarin is gao uh, or go in Cantonese, uh, which sounds the same as the word for tall, um, Mm. which means that when you eat these different cakes and puddings, it's Mm. believed that it leads to improvements and growth because it sounds like the word tall, like growth in the coming year. So I thought that was really fun. Yeah, (laughs) it is very cool. And this is just starting me off with talking about this. But what I think is really interesting about Chinese New Year is that there are all of these very specific traditions and um, superstitions, I suppose, that are tied to it. Um, As somebody that grew up with a, a mother that's from somewhere other than North America, my mom's from Thailand. And in Thailand, there are a lot of different superstitions and things uh, as a part of that culture. So that particular aspect of Chinese New Year um, isn't necessarily new to me. I think it's fairly common in a lot of Asian cultures to have different superstitions. But I do think it's something that's really unique. And as somebody that is was raised and grew up in North America, um, I don't... Think that it's as common for people mm-hmm. in North America to grow up with different superstitions or traditions in this way. So mm-hmm. I find that really fascinating and I think it's really cool.
1: Yeah, because they have, and, and uh, it's almost like the superstitions are tradition, they're right. right? part of tradition. And we have superstitions um, that are, you know, like don't walk under a uh, ladder and don't yeah. open your umbrella in the house and don't right. step on a crack. And right. <laughs> but we don't have like we're just, you know, but I do know like and a lot of athletes have superstitions about their the way they dress when they're playing their game. Like if they have a winning right. jersey or winning pair of shorts or winning pair of pants that they actually wear those constantly because it becomes good luck. And I think that's what's cool about the lunar new year or the Chinese new year is that any superstition they have is all only for prosperity and positive. Their superstitions are all about growth, prosperity, good fortune, good things happening to you. And so like, again, like we don't go under an umbrella. I mean, we don't walk under a ladder. Don't put down, like ours tend to be a little more uh, negative, you know, and there's, I (laughs) noticed they, there's, there's superstitions were very empowering and very positive, almost like blessings, you know, Mm -hmm. like, So I thought that was
0: cool. And I really actually like that you just brought that up, Karen, the different superstitions that we have here, because (laughs) what I think is also unique and really cool about um, what I was reading, at least about Chinese New Year, is that a lot of these... Superstitions or traditions tend to be tied to words and the way they sound. So for instance, you know, we were just talking about these cakes yeah. and puddings. Yeah. Because the word sounds the same as a different word for tall. So then mm. that represents this prosperity. Whereas I think with some of our superstitions, like don't step on the crack, <laughs> you'll break your mother's back. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Where's that come yeah. from? You know? Yeah. But yeah. think
1: about that too. I, I, wouldn't we be the same if if pizza also sounded like prosperity? Hey, eat pizza, and we think, oh, I know why you want me to eat pizza because prosperity is also pizza, right? It, it would make sense, right? Like their their words of food have this um this connection with things that are really good, like good fortune for you. So it's kind of cool. We don't really have that.
0: No, I, th- I <laughs> thought that was just really unique yeah. and fascinating. And I, I just enjoyed that tidbit. Yes, yes. <laughs> so another traditional uh, thing that will happen in, in the lead up to Chinese New Year, mind you. So right now we're still just talking about the 26th day of the last lunar month. Uh, <laughs> but the 28th day, if we fast forward a couple of days, it's very customary for there to be a very large house clean cleanup. And the idea of that is that you are ridding your home of any bad luck that's accumulated over the past year. So I really liked that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, This idea of, it's like the spring clean or something, Mm -hmm. but I like it's so tied to, like you were saying, Karen, it's so tied to like, well, we're going to get rid of that bad luck so we can welcome in. Yeah. Like new growth and new prosperity. Mm -hmm, mm And so again, just this idea that it really has this meaning behind it, I think is so cool.
1: Mm -hmm. Do we do we do that? Like on our New Year's Eve, we're very forward thinking, you know, I'm going to make these new promises. But we could learn a lot about why don't we stop and close the door on anything that we don't want to take with us into the new year. Let's close the door on that shake that off and then replace it with like, let's not carry this again into another year. Let's reset ourselves. And I think that would be a good thing for us to learn to do a little bit on New mm-hmm. Year's Eve. It's not always about, I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, it's, what about just going, you know, I'm going to let go of this and I'm going to stand back up and I'm going to, I'm going to accept the good things that I'm meant to have, you know?
0: So it's kind of something we could, we I could like all learn. That. Totally. Yeah. Cause and I think, oh, we might be tapping into something here. This is a bit of a tangent, but I think in a way that could really help to, uh, my, one of my favorite phrases is like garner your expectations when it comes to the new year, right? Because rather than thinking about, well, what am I going to achieve? What do I want to try and, and achieve? What do I want to try and accomplish in this next year? Instead, it's what do I want to let go of so that I can welcome new opportunity, but I don't know what that new opportunity may look like. Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. a really healthy Mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah.
1: And I mean, this has been going on for thousands of years, isn't it like 15 BC, 14 BC was the first lunar year festival? Mm -hmm. I think like 14 (laughs) BC, 1400 or whatever, or something like that, isn't it?
0: That's when the calendar the exact date. So I'll, I'll oh, well. I will have to look that up. I don't I don't want to get it wrong.
1: <laughs> no, me too. Yeah, my apologies if I'm getting it wrong. But it is much longer than our New Year. Let me just put it that way. It's <laughs> yes. already for a very very long, time. Very, for way much longer. So their I calendar year. That. Yeah, that's why their number on their calendar year is different than ours.
0: But you were right, Karen. It's 14th century BC is wow. when they when it was thought to have start started the tradition oh, started. Well, there we go
1: so very cool okay and can i add one more thing yes. with i i don't know if the listeners know yes. this i did not know this i'm learning so much united states has been celebrating the lunar year for 150 years 150 years which it is, is very much part of our american culture mm-hmm. isn't that the cool 150 years of celebrating the lunar year strongly in San Francisco and strongly in New York City. Mm-hmm. And California actually uh, put into place as a holiday. So it's a, it's actually an official holiday in California, which is really cool. But who knew? We It's been part of our culture, and we've been talking about that. And, and it's also, I mean, our whole month of February, we're going to be enjoying looking at the last 100 years, right? But so there we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and that is, it's so... It's a nice reminder that it has been around that long uh, that we've been celebrating it here in North America. Um, I know that behind the scenes, Karen, you and I have talked a bit about just how much history of uh, there is in America of Chinese immigrants and how a lot of people are not aware of it. So that might be for a different episode. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So moving on, after they do this big home cleanup on the 28th day, um, there's typically then on Lunar New Year's Eve, there's typically a very big family reunion dinner. So they'll get all of the family together, extended family, and they'll have a really big dinner where they just share all of these different traditional foods. And again, they're, um, I only went over the cakes and puddings and it, you know, again, there's a many foods. So if you're interested, I encourage you looking into it because I didn't have time to go over all of them, but there's all these different foods that will be eaten during this time. And they each represent something different um, w- when it has to, as far as uh, what benefits will be had. So whether that's, you know, that this is supposed to bring you wealth or this is supposed to bring you love or whatever it may be, but there's all of these different foods and they all have different meanings, which is really cool. And then the first day of Chinese New Year is when the new moon appears. And that is always going to be sometime between January 21st and February 20th. And the actual festivities of Chinese New Year go for 15 days. So it starts with the first day and then there's 15 days. And on the 15th day, it is called the Lantern Festival. So it's a very which nice, is beautiful um, <laughs> sneezing, uh, but it is a really long period of time that they are celebrating. Mm-hmm. And did you know they have
1: the most fireworks globally? Like the Lunar Year, their fireworks festival is the largest one in the world. I didn't realize that actually. Yeah, I didn't come across that. So if you think about it, if they have the largest fireworks in the world, can you imagine their lantern releasing the lanterns? That would be that'd be amazing from from space. Imagine seeing that happen. I don't know if you. I guess you could. But that would be pretty pretty spectacular. It
0: sounds really beautiful. Yeah. That put that on the bucket list. Something to see someday. <laughs> uh, so that's more or less the basic cadence, so to speak, of how Chinese New Year unfolds. And I wanted to talk a little bit about some of these superstitions because I think they're really interesting. That was the part that I was personally most drawn to. So I I guess that's why we're spending a lot of time on these. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it was so cool. Um, So another one that I thought was really interesting and I didn't realize this until it was too late. So I made this mistake. You are not supposed to wash or cut your hair on the first day of Chinese New Year um because the chinese character for hair is the first character in the word for prosper so if you wash or cut your hair it's seen as a, as you washing away your fortune which i thought was really interesting uh in general i feel like in different cultures there is a lot when it comes to hair like mm-hmm. hair is your life force you know hair is there's a relationship with hair that I think a lot of different Mm. cultures hold that isn't Mm. necessarily as precious in North American culture, typically. I'm generalizing, of course, but, um, so I thought that was really interesting. And again, you have this thing where it's because the first character from the words is the first character of the word prosper. So that's where you get this idea that if you cut your hair or you wash your hair, you're going to be washing away and cutting away all that fortune. Mm -hmm. I thought was yeah
1: hilarious. i know it is it really is and that's on the first day that's day one of the new year mm-hmm. right
0: after that you can wash your hair or- <laughs> <laughs> um, another one that i thought was really interesting is that you should avoid purchasing footwear for the entire lunar month as the term for shoes sounds like losing um and sighing in cantonese so again mm-hmm. you're not supposed to um purchase it because it sounds like, you know, a negative connotation is the word shoes sounds like losing. Anyhow, some things that you should do, though, and I'm sure you've noticed this, if you're anywhere where you've been Chinese New Year, is wear red and incorporate red in your decorations. Um, It's associated with luck and prosperity. So you'll often see people wear wear red you'll see them decorate um with these different ornate red uh like paper cutouts mm-hmm. I i can't remember and banners and... from, mm-hmm, banners um lighting like red firecrackers in doorways is often done on chinese new year as mm-hmm. well and this is all for good luck and prosperity and there's those little red envelopes
1: yes that they give and they put money in it or gifts I think it's money most of the time mm-hmm. and that's for children. And mainly for children, but we're all child at heart, so I say yes. <laughs> so I thought that was cute, and I don't
0: think you can be old. Old too old to read some too. <laughs> so that that was really cool too. And then the last part that I wanted to quickly uh, talk about with Chinese New Year. This is just a basic overview for all of you. This might be news; it might not be um but the chinese new year is um associated with a zodiac calendar yeah. so there's a 12 year yeah. chinese zodiac calendar cycle and it's represented by 12 different animals and these are the chinese zodiac signs so every year there's a different animal that represents that year um this year it is the year of the tiger But there's also a complex sexagenary cycle that's made up of 10 heavenly stems and 12 earthly branches that give an element to the year. So this particular year, 2022, is the um, year of Ren Yin. So it's the 39th element of the Chinese sexagenary cycle. So the tiger Yin is paired with the heavenly stem Ren, which is water. So it's the year of the water tiger. Uh, which is, uh, you know, it's just kind of fun. Um, And then, of course, it's there's different meaning that comes along with that. And I won't go too heavy into it because, again, it's another one of those things where there's tons of information. And if you're curious, I highly encourage you to look into it because it's fascinating Um, But there are some different things, much like uh, the Zodiac that most people are familiar with. So, you know, Scorpio, Aries, Leo, that sort of thing. There is a, a, we'll say horoscope for lack of a better word, but there is a prediction that comes Mm -hmm. along with it being the water tiger year. So... um, that has to do with your actual birth chart. So, what you know, what year you were born in, and your particular birth chart is going to affect how this Water Tiger year um, would play out <laughs> for you as an individual. Uh, but as a more overarching uh, for everybody, generally. The Water Tiger Year represents strength in the arts, technology, and design sector. So, if you were someone that is in one of those uh, lines of work, then you might find that you have a more prosperous year.
1: Oh, <laughs> the other thing i would noticed too. Tell me if this is if I'm getting this right. Um, it also symbolizes bravery, wisdom, and strength. Did you get that too? mm Hmm. Yes. Okay.
0: No.
1: So that I, so you ha, you got the water tiger, I think is what you said.
0: Yes, water tiger. And then,
1: and then along with that, the characteristics of bravery, wisdom, and strength. So where do you need to be brave? And where do you, are you seeking wisdom? And where would you like to make wiser choices for your life? And where where have you lost some of your strength? Where do you find yourself, maybe a little depleted, and and you think you know what? I need to restore. I need to build back my strength. This is the year, you know? So that's kind of cool. Those are really strong words mm-hmm. that we can put into action for our lives. Yeah, I agreed. I like mm-hmm. that. So I do. Yeah, okay. Because I just wanted to ask you too,
0: so. Yeah, no, do it, do it. I was just going to say, I know we only have about five minutes left okay. or so here, but I just wanted to, to, finish up my thought with this is this was a very bare bones general overview of Chinese New Year, and you basically just got a flavor of what Brenda Brown thought was most interesting. <laughs> <But> <laughs> was I highly encourage any of you that, you know, heard a new tidbit to look further into it because there is actually just so much information. I think that the Zodiac was especially interesting and in reading about how that is supposed to affect different people, depending on what their birth chart is. Right. All of the different I saw that
1: too. Yeah.
0: With the food are super cool. So there's so much to learn here. If, if it, if you're so inclined. Yeah. With that being said, take it away, Karen.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought it is. I just thought it was really cool that California sees, sees it as a state holiday. It happened in 2018, when it became an official state holiday. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and because California has, a, a, I think, one of the highest population of Chinese, or I would, I'm going to say Chinese-Asian. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that I think it's cool that we have this state holiday because we also have a strong population. I did not know that the first parade in San Francisco is 1953, where it became a parade, an official parade. And I did not know that it's right around uh, the time of the Lantern Festival. So two weeks after the New Year's Day, around the time of the Lanterns Festival, which marks the end of the New Year's season. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 it's very active in California. So my question to you, because I did not know this either. I never understood why there were dragons and uh, lions. And so, but dragons are actually are very, it's a really good thing. But we, you know, Asian dragons do not breathe fire. Asian dragons are water animals and they live in oceans, lakes, and rivers, and they bring good luck and spring rain so that farmers can begin to plant rice. And they are not considered, like we, the Europeans, we see fire breathing dangerous, mean, destructive you know but not not in the asian dragons they're like these amazing creatures (laughs) and then they talked about the difference between a lion dragon and that like a lion dancer and a dragon dancer and they talked about how there's going to be four people you'll know it's a dragon dancer because you'll see four sets of legs and in the the lion dancer there's two sets of legs and the lion dancers do all the martial arts both dancers both perform martial arts but does more of the acrobats and the so I thought that was cool too. Um, that they those two animals are really highlighted in these parades for the lunar new year. hmm Yeah. And I, I just wondered if you got if you read that as well.
0: I that. did I did come across that, yes. And I did yeah. I agree. I find it interesting how the dragons uh symbolically is so different yeah in those cultures and it actually did also make me think about um the colors uh the color white and the color red I suppose but you know the color white um in western culture traditionally is like a sign of purity right and it's a sign of I don't know it's lightness and it's it's typically associated with um What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, like angelic figures mm, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that um, sense, yeah. but in a lot of Asian cultures it actually is representative death. Why it is. Yes. <laughs> oh, in certain Asian cultures. Um, I did not know that. So it just got my wheels turning when I read about that about how depending on where you're born geographically in the world, it really does influence your, you know, the way that you're going to interact with the world and the way that you're going to view things because something as simple as a color could represent death or it could represent, you know, light and purity. So um I don't know, it's little things like that or like the dragons and sim- symbolically being so different it's little things like that that really get my wheels turning. And uh, I think it really fuels me to want to learn. Like Mm. this is the stuff that I live for when it comes to me wanting Mm. to learn more about other cultures, because I think that that really highlights in my brain how easy, you can see how easily down the line those little differences can become miscommunications, right? And these are some more obvious examples because it's like, okay, a dragon, it's either equaling something that's like evil and fire breathing, or it's this prosperous creature that is bringing, you know, prosperity to our crops or whatever. Um, That's a very, those are very different things. But I think that that same idea trickles down into smaller ways in which we live our lives. And so Mm -hmm. when I see those bigger differences, it gets my wheels turning and thinking about how that can trickle down in these small things. And then Mm -hmm. you start to see where when you have worldviews that are different from others, it can lead to miscommunication Mm -hmm. or othering or things like that when you're not being mindful of the fact that this person across from you has just an entirely different way that they've been raised to look at life. Yeah,
1: yes. Yes, that's such, a, you know, and that's a great way to end this podcast because I love it. I think that it's the thing, like what I liked about our episode today is I learned a lot about something I knew nothing of. And I just, and it's like, and when you, when you said, Hey, let's do the Chinese new year. I was like, yes, let's do the Chinese. New year. I know nothing about it. I've never taken the time to even celebrate, like just so I feel like we're raising our glass today. To the Asian community at large, all over the world, and happy New Year! And wishing you all good prosperity, good fortune, good health, and strength and um, bravery. And in and the the people with the careers in the the like the technology area and things like that, I we we raise our glass to you and hope that you have a very very successful year. Yes. That's, I think it's
0: wonderful. And hopefully you got some, some fun surprises in red <laughs> yeah. envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All righty. So with that, this is our episode this on Chinese. This is TV. it. And awesome. we will be back next week. Uh, and we'll be talking about Black History Month, which also happens to be this month, the month of February. I know. So excited. Got some good topics. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Thanks. Bye. Bye.